Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot, CEO of the experience agency, D-Flash. Each week, I bring on a different business leader from a unique industry who talks about how they're changing the game and resetting. And this week's episode is no different. I'm part of this new series called Podcast Row, where we're interviewing dynamic women from around the world who are really doing some game-changing work. And this next guest is phenomenal. It's Heather Carlucci, who's a psychic medium and medical intuitive. And she's going to talk about our incredible career from being in the culinary space to then finding her true passion in terms of helping people get better outcomes when they have health disorders. It's going to be a great conversation. Uh, Take a listen. Hi, Heather. How you doing, Laura? (laughs) (laughs) Only mildly nervous. (laughs) Touch. Oh, please don't be. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. Um, But as I, all kidding aside, I'm super psyched to have you on the show. And as I said, you know, the very first question I always ask is always fascinating to see where people go with Mm -hmm. it. And I think you're going to be no different at all. So, Heather. Yes. What was your first job? My first job, I guess the first time I made money, that was my own money. I don't know if you remember this. I might be dating myself, but there was a trend in the 70s and 80s where you would get album covers painted, identical, hand-painted, of an album cover on the back of a denim jacket. Wow, you're so much older than me. And I am. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I used to do that. I used to be able to replicate album covers what? on the back of denim jackets. And you know what? I actually forgot that I did that until the other day. And I was like, I wonder if someone's going to ask me about this ever. And there you go. Okay, time out. How do we, so you basically could take the off the wall album cover right. and silk screen it or you would no, paint I it? No, would, it would be hand painted in Shut acrylic. Up. It was a big trend. <laughs> and anybody who lived in a major metropolitan city in the 70s and 80s will tell you that that is something that was done. And I only remembered it because I found the oh, I found the one that I did for myself. What was the cover? Uh, it was an album that I don't know if you would know by a band called Social Distortion. But of my of my repertoire, I had done um, a couple of Iron Maidens because that was a very big thing. Very cool. I'm um, I actually did. Um, uh, Oh, what is it? It was a, um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm missing her name now. I'm, I'm so sick because I'm used to just sitting here talking. Oh, I did a couple. I did one of um, Gladys Knight and wow. the Pips, which was an odd one at the time. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually did a Millie Vanilli, believe it or not. Yeah, you know, I want to know true. where the hell that one is. <laughs> I feel like that should be at, like, yes. some really awesome vintage store right about now. It was some pretty ironic. No joke. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So you had that skill to draw from like clearly a young age. Yeah, I did. And, and, <laughs> and the ability to be creative. Well, this this totally makes sense. And so, what you charge? Oh gosh, I don't even remember. I think it was. I mean, it was. Late 70s, early 80s. Uh, I was 12, 13, 14 years old, so like 100 bucks, which what? was, I didn't buy the jacket. I just They would did come the to work. you and you were like, no, I have come with the, all the items and I will customize it for you. Yeah, that's, that's how it was done at the time. Wow. Yeah. Okay, there's something. Okay, okay, again, you are, that is the most unusual one I've had. 70 plus <laughs> episodes in because that is straight up entrepreneurship, your creativity, a skill that only you have, which actually translates into what you do right now. 
Being a medium? Yeah. Well, it is a medium for sure. It's creativity. It's creativity. It's creativity. It's definitely... People come to you with everything else and you have to sort it all out. That is true. See, that is true. That. <gasps> nice move, Laura. <laughs> Very good segue. I am good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Never doubted you. <laughs> um, so before we talk to how what you're doing right now, yeah. um, we tried obviously yesterday, yes. and it would be lovely to, for you to tell the audience like what you did for like the last 30 years before you did what you do now. Yeah, I was a chef and restaurateur. Making pastries, which warms Making my heart. Making pastries for the first 20, and then I owned my own restaurants, and I was the chef for them uh, after that. And um, what's your favorite pastry of all time you've made? Because I have a serious sweet too, so I'm genuinely curious. Oh, that's tough because I love making things. And the one thing in the world I'm really cocky about is my pastry work. I can be humble in any other arena, but I'm kind of awful about it. But I will say I am a real stickler for basic chocolate ice cream. And I believe for me in my palate, I perfected it, which is not easy because I like a, I like a strong punch (laughs) of chocolate. Um, So I'm kind of particular about that for sure. Hey, listen, I... I'm obsessed with all things desserts. I'm a decent baker, but I would never call myself a pastry chef in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So, but I just love to eat pastry. So, know thyself. I know thyself. Like if you give me an, you know, an awesome. Actually, if you give me an awesome Napoleon. I am such a happy camper. And that is a beautiful work of art if you have an awesome Napoleon. Like, it is such a good thing. Oh yes. It's perfection, it, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Or really, a really well-crafted, like, apple crumble tart. Yeah. Because I, I love all things apple. So, and chocolate and berries. And all things. And all things. All things. So, you're a restaurateur. The industry is kind of changing. The economy is changing. And then what happens? Everything falls apart. I fell out of love with the thing I loved the most. I couldn't do it. Any- 30 years is a long time in any relationship. And my relationship was crumbling as well, actually, as my, my marriage. And uh, I was without work and uh, with a small child. And I had a hard time getting a job after a while. I was consulting. I was doing a lot of business consulting. And I started feeling that my, my gift as a medium was beginning to seep into that quite a bit. We would go and look at spaces. I was consulting for a lot of big movers and shakers in the restaurant business, and I would be able to foresee what was going to happen with a piece of real estate they wanted to buy. And I realized that, well, I was right most of the time, and I, and I thought, well, I could make money at something, and I have one other gift that I can do as well as I cook, if not better, because I've had it my whole life. How did you know that you had this gift? When I figured out that other people didn't. Wow. It's so a part of you. And you walk into the world as a kid and you're just being yourself. And then then parents and family says, no, that's not it. You know, and I'm like, how did you not know that was going to happen? Or how did we not know so-and-so had this sort of illness? But I knew. And you sort of... As, as you do in life, you sort of amend yourself to how to get through the world. And my amending was sort of being quiet about it. And then you realize you just couldn't be quiet anymore. That's right. And so how does, I guess for our lesson, how, this is so pedestrian, but how does it work? How, do, uh, how does a reading work? Yeah. Um, well, I'll give you an example of what would happen if I was going to give you a reading right now. Right. So it always starts out, and that sort of explains what it is I do. 
Um, as we sit down, I always give a sort of a spiel as to what to expect for the next hour and what to happen, because I don't use any obvious tools or cards or anything. So I would say, I hear, feel, and see the spirits that come in with you as well as my own. Um, of the eight Claire senses, I have all eight. So clairvoyance, clairconnaissance, clairtangency, clairgustience, blah, blah, blah. And um, so mean every one of my senses and senses of knowing and intuition, it comes in in every way. I can smell, I can taste, hear, everything. And, and then on the other side of that, I'm also medical intuitive. And that comes in very differently. I see almost your body uh, like an x-ray, so to speak, as best as I can explain it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also, I hear things and then I manifest it in my body. I can feel the pains. Um, it's almost like it's being pointed out to me what's going on. Wow. Yeah. And when people come, uh, do, do people come up to you and be like, can you just do a reading right now? Like, help me. Because they, they, they find out what you do, like, can you do a reading right now? Like, on the spot. Like, does, does that happen to you or is it like? It does. And I have to be very careful of that because people want a lot. You know, and usually I just say I'm not on the clock. <laughs> and <laughs> literally. Can I live? And also, and also, you know, I want to let you know that, like, I respect your space and your time. People come very open to things like this. If they've never had one before, I want them to know that they're in a safe space. Because a lot of it can trigger a lot for people. And especially because this sort of work gets so hyped up. People are like, am I going to hear something horrible? Am I, am I, am I going to... You know, if I'm going to find out I'm going to die. And, and a real reader doesn't approach anything like that. Um, and also, I have to sort of ask, are, am I the right reader for you? And that's a big thing because language is so important in this sort of reading, right? And so you decide a few years, a few years now that you, this is where you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to hide this anymore. You're going to kind of go all into it. Mm -hmm. Does something change in you? Do you feel different or like yes. more free or like, how does that, how does that manifest itself? I got a phone call from a friend, uh, who started yelling at me, who was also a medium, uh, that I had to do my life's work and what was I doing? And when I was a chef, I was so ambitious and what is happening to you now? And I, I'm not a yeller. I don't keep people who yell around me. Uh, so it was very jarring. And uh, I called him the next day and I said, you cannot talk to me like that. I'm in the middle of divorce and child and everything. And then uh, he showed up the next week. He's from Atlanta just for a hug to apologize. And then the next week he was gone. He passed on. And there's no sign like death, <laughs> right? There you go. You know, there's no wake up call like that. And in some ways, it was to honor him. It was to honor my friend Woody. And I went down to Atlanta for his memorial, which is very moving. And the night I got back, I was sitting on my bed. I opened my laptop, and I made my first website. And then I posted the announcement on Facebook, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> You're like, ah. All of my identity was wrapped up in being a chef. I had put all of my ego and all of everything for 30 years into my position as a chef and, and you know, in some ways, one, a culinary leader for that time period. And you hit send. What happened? I fell off the bed. No. Okay. <laughs> you hit your head. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of the first few messages I got were from people that I had worked with for years but didn't know well personally. We just had very much a kitchen-based relationship. 
And a lot of people are like, that suddenly makes so much sense, like, which I thought was really interesting. Right. Yeah. Or like you would say things in the kitchen about things and I never realized it that would either come true or would change sort of the course of things or would pick up on trends in, in ways, in different ways. And you sort of foresaw things that were not just for, not just, you know, uh, foreseeing trends as we do in marketing, but it was, according to them, it was sort of actual reading. So that was really, that was the first. And then slowly I started getting appointments being made by my other people in the community of, of the culinary, um, which was surprising who popped up. Because I think, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of all of it, mm-hmm. um, partly because I'm Caribbean. So like yeah. it's a it, heavy culture there. It's a heavy, much of a culture like we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, within the last, I want to say like four or five years, there's been a shift where like the sort of like, oh, I don't really talk about that. To be like, yeah, I have someone who I go to, or I I want to go and like get some answers because something feels off, the energy isn't right, and so I want to you know find a medium, find a spiritual advisor, find an astrologer, and those th- and those conversations have now kind of come more to the forefront. So like people will post about it on Facebook, like seriously, I will see it on Facebook now. I'm like, oh, cool. Why do you think there's been this bit of a shift where it's there, there's not so much shame or stigma around it? It's a good question. I think people have had enough of a lot of things. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I, I think we see it in all areas, right? We're seeing it in um, who, you know, in who's in charge of us. Why is anybody in charge of us? People are beginning to ask, you know, and that's a deeper question than we can be in charge of ourselves, but why does any, you know, there are these big shifts coming in general. And when we look at sort of shifts of culture, we begin to sort of open up again the ideas of creativity and the ideas of intuition. And I just think we're at a very ripe time right now for something bigger that's going to happen because we're, we're seeing... We're seeing things happen all over the world in areas we never thought that it would, in big ways. Climate, Mm -hmm. government, um, and as frightened as we are as government, look what's happening on the ground. People are rising up. People are rising up in ways that even a few years ago we never thought was going to happen. We never thought that um, one marginalized group would be able to say something and the other less marginalized group would be able to understand or make room for that. We didn't have that. I think this is all a part of it because people need bigger answers at this point because we're losing our idea of organized religion completely because that is that backlash is happening, right? We put so much into uh, it for so many. Catholic. <laughs> Precisely. Like, and I think we're beginning to sort of, people have are learning what shame is and we're caring less. So the things that everyone went to go do, people are now talking about. And I think that's a good part of it as well. Yeah, I think there's this interesting openness that's kind of come through all of this because mm-hmm. it allows. I was talking to someone earlier about like you know you have, you can live boldly and you can live in your own truth, whatever that might be. But mm-hmm. also you can go and try and find answers and not think it's like you you're you're less than by going to do the going to find those answers, whatever they may be, however that might be. That's right. That's right. And I'm always amazed by who walks through my door. <laughs> 
because of course there's a certain uh, focus group, as I say, <laughs> that comes through the door that I pretty much know is going to happen. Women tend to be more open than this than men. Um, and in even the recent months, I've had this, this interesting run of very blocked middle-aged men. Interesting. Very blocked. Because they can't figure out what it is, why. What it is and why. It's, they're so blocked sometimes it's hard for me to read. And it takes like the good, it usually takes, for me, it feels like forever, but sometimes it takes a few minutes for me to like really get in there. I can start to read. I do sort of a shallow work, but it's hard for me to get in there because people, they come to me. They don't, the, 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 they don't want yeah. to let me know anything to really see how authentic I am. And I'm just like, take a deep breath and chill out because even just doing that, you don't have to tell me anything about you, but I just need you to be, you know, a little bit chill so I can feel you, right? And in these cases, it's so specific. And I find it fascinating that these men are coming to anyone that does the work I do, not just me. Because they're making the step, they're making that bold step to be like, listen, it's something. Exactly. Right. And because I don't know what it else is. is working. Exactly. I don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. I think that it's you can't medicate this, you can't, you can't exercise it away. There's something. And I might as That's well. That's correct. Uh, I think I think it's a it's a new boldness. It's, it really is sort of coming. I mean, I've I've seen it in my own family where I'm like, really, you okay? Yeah, wow, good. And I, I think the thing is that like the more you embrace it with your friends and your family, like, yeah, if you want to do that, go ahead. Yeah, like, and really, it's not hurting anyone. Not hurting anyone. And do you ever feel like that? You know, you're walking down the street and you like can pick up something from someone that yes. You, and you're like, stop that person. It's like, should I stop that person? No. I, unless it is so overwhelming, it's rarely ever that overwhelming. Usually it's more of a sign to me that I need to protect myself a little bit more or that I'm getting tired. Um, because it's really, it's very invasive to walk over to somebody and be like, hey. <laughs> so I, I, I need I to tell you something that <laughs> could really affect you. Oh, <laughs> you know? um, so... Unless it's something so unusual, I will usually not say anything. Wow. Yeah. So on the medical intuitive side of it, mm -hmm. how does that all work? Because I'm sure people are like, wait, huh? Well, uh, how does it work for me or how do I, how do I work it? How do you work it? Okay. Um, specifically medical, I think in any even general reading that I do, uh, it comes up because it's all attached. Our bodies and minds and souls are all attached. And for me, it's a very easy way. I start the reading with sort of a general read-through, as I call the state of the nation. And, uh, <laughs> You're my kind of reader. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it also, it gives the person a minute to sort of calm down because we have a separation between like what might be and our bodies, you know? Um, and also many times I can say, I'm, I, I see this and they can confirm in the immediate that they know what's coming out of my mouth is really tuned in with them. Or for lack of a better word, that I'm correct. Because right? <laughs> um, people, I, I, people I need the validation, yeah. of course. You know, what am I doing? I'm giving you the goods. Mm -hmm. And many times I'll do an entire reading and people will say, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, I know what I'm seeing. And then I get a call an hour later just because they're out of the room. They've already gotten bombarded with information like, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, it kind of gets That happens style. a lot. Um, but in medical... Uh, it goes two ways, both in major readings, regular general readings. And then, of course, I do work with doctors, I work with surgeons, and I work with patients, all separate of each other sometimes, um, for cases that are returning. We don't know why. Why does the tumor keep coming back? 
um, you know, how can we sort of curb what's going on as cancer spreading? I've had that case before. Um, you know, and these are extraordinary cases. Most people do not choose to come to somebody like me. But a lot of people like the whisper in the ear of something that they can sort of help and have control of themselves. Right. It's about the control. It is about the control. And you would be surprised what gets something like, like something as common as cancer starts to move. And then oddly, I'll say, well, there's something going on because the kidneys are weak because of the last treatment. We need to build up the kidneys to get to, fil to filter things through. Also, there's a past trauma that's sitting in your body and you're going to have to deal with it because it's been hidden for so long. And what we've seen doesn't mean somebody wakes up the next day and it's gone, but the symptoms get alleviate and they feel stronger and then they can now work on things because we hold trauma in the body. Yeah, that's, I, you know, that's a thing that I think folks are finally coming, waking up to, that like whatever it is, you, it's in you. And if you don't, yes. and if you don't do things to sort of alleviate that, that's what makes you sick. It, correct. And, you know, we have, of course, we are more awareness of Eastern medicine right now, but even that's been very commercialized. So the goopification of it all. <laughs> precisely. Like, that's a very good way of putting it. Um, and it's not like I do a lot of work with um, Ayurvedic doctors, but they're not the doctors that just sit there and give you these three body types because the body takes on characteristics of other body types because now when we're born, we're hit with toxins in the immediate, cleaning fluids in a hospital, chemicals in the air, pollution. We didn't, we're not born that way. So we don't really even know what our body type is. When I deal with Ayurvedic doctors and Ayurvedic medicine, it's really the real medicine that they had been teaching for 5,000 years, and it's applied to modern day. And then I always, I always sort of take it, because when I read, I read very Western scientifically. My wording is that I will never refer to chakras. I read very, like, blood, plasma, all of that. And I always put that in it as well so that people can go back to their doctor and have the language. Wow. And do you ever get people who come back to like, you were wrong, and <laughs> And, what, and, and if they think that, or they come back with like this, you know, anger because it's not what they thought they were going to get out of you. And how do you respond? I've only had one, uh, I've had two people actually be pretty upset. Um, and they were very specific situations. One woman, and she actually told this to the person who was in charge of the space that I was uh, renting. I rent a space out in Jersey once a week. And she said, I always put some lies in the read to test the psychic. And I knew at the time she was lying. <laughs> and I was like, you know, what am I going to do with this? I, it was, I didn't know how to handle that. I just read right over it. And she confirmed throughout the reading that I was correct. But then she called the person and said, I don't want to pay. And I thought, I don't want your money in my bank account. And I had said to the, the woman uh, the, who owned the space, she wasn't telling the truth. So I wonder how this is going to play out. She called. She asked for her money back. I said, give her her money back. The other time, I was doing a group reading of about 10 people. And the woman was very tense the minute she walked in anyway. She was uncomfortable. She took a lot out of the, out of the crowd know, anyway. Right. And um, she was unhappy because she realized she didn't want to hear these things in front of other people. I didn't say anything embarrassing, but... The but just being around other people sort of made her uncomfortable. And so it was that sort of situation. I haven't had a big, oh, my God, 
you're wrong moment. Just, which is a testament to how awesome you are, Heather. Why, thank you. <laughs> or how quiet people are. <laughs> or they're like, maybe I should not mess with the medium. How about I not do that? So, um, so you've now built this business. It's been quite successful. What are you, like, obviously you're taking in all of this all the time. How do you give yourself some self-care around this? Like, well, how do you, is it yoga? Is it a glass of red wine on a Tuesday? Like, what is the thing that you do that, like, like takes that away? I mean, I mean, I imagine today, for example, you're doing this, that's a lot, telling the story. Like, what, how do you sort of find time for Heather? Uh, I was a single parent, so there's always that blessing. <laughs> I put that in quotes. Um, what do I do for self-care? A couple things. I notice that when I'm in front of a television, it has nothing to do with my work. And it almost, there's something about, I don't know if it's electricity or whatever, but it sort of neutralizes everything around me. So I love binging because it's just like All right, so what do you binge? saturating everything. Um, I can binge forever because it's the only thing that sort of pulls it out of me. Um, I smoke weed, which is a big one. I will. <laughs> um, not often, but that once a week makes all the difference so in the world. Do you smoke not edibles? I don't like edibles. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. You know, I, well, had, a, actually, I had a brownie in the 80s and it was the worst thing ever. And I, after that, I, I like a smoke. I like to roll a joint. Well, you know, the thing about edibles is that you have to have someone who knows what they're doing. Otherwise, yes. it'll... It, I, I've had two experiences with edibles. One, which is quite good because my friend is a baker. Right. And then another one where um, I went to what I thought was like the ones that you get like in the store in California mm-hmm. and like didn't realize that, like what the numbers meant and took... <laughs> <laughs> like, and took and took two, and uh, my face froze. (laughs) So I was like, never again. Yeah, see? I I hear it's different now. I haven't experienced it. Maybe another day. So uh, so, uh, so a good hit of weed kind of... Yes. So wait, do you have the weed, then then you binge what, Housewives? Or uh, HGTV? Oh, no, I'm a Netflix person, 100%, because... I, I like a long episodic series, <laughs> and also I love comedy specials. So that's sort of you know. Ah. So I, I, I sort of I kind of can dip into that or leave, but I love episode like the long episodic. Like I'm a big Miss Maisel fan, and I you know, that watch kind that of show. Thing. I think I'm the only person who hasn't watched that show yet. Perhaps, I, perhaps. I mean, I, I I did see that like Leslie Jones has a new special, and Ryan yeah, Jay. that's tonight. By the way, uh, when so I leave here, <laughs> I, like, that is my plan for the evening. Mm-hmm. And so, so you figured out so like so that's how you sort of like decompress away from all of that. And how how does this sort of work now when you're like working with like companies who are trying to like find a space? Like how does that work? My business work? Yeah, when yeah, when like someone like when it's a kind of like more corporate ish type uh, program. I usually work one on one with the CEO or the business head. Usually they want projections for the next year, like financial. Numbers? Sometimes numbers. They want numbers, but the fact is we keep numbers in rows and columns, but Business is not rows and columns. Business is all contact and it's very organic. It's all energy because it's really ruled by somebody's ego somewhere and how we have to move around it, right? Housing crisis and the recession, somebody's ego got in the way and they started messing with the banks, right? More money, more money, more money without care. It's all energetic business. So a lot of what I sort of help them with is A, 
sort of figure out their own intuition because we're pretty much cut off for our intuition, especially people can have a good business sense, but they don't have people intuition where they can both help their businesses and their employees. That's one of the big things I find a lot. And also people want me to be a psychic and, <laughs> and foresee what they should and should not invest in, what they should and should not buy. Who, who, how do they do the next negotiation? Um, who do they not hire or who do they hire? And so, wow. So they'll come to you for hiring decisions. That's interesting. Sometimes. Usually it's not like an hour of that, but they'll throw it in at the end. Like, by the way. I'm interviewing Do you have that guy or that guy? Yeah. Interesting. And, and, and then for you, so like, is it even like what place they should like, like build the building or? Uh... Yeah, I, I do. I love doing anything related to real estate because it really has to do with the land. It has to do with, will the permits come through? And I can foresee a lot of that. Is there going to be a problem with entrance of egress? Is there plumbing problems? Is the landlord lying about anything? You know, how is their lawyer going to deal with you? That's the stuff they like to hear. Wow. And it's important because the way I look at it, when I work with that kind of business leader, they employ a lot of people. When they make a mistake, it can affect the person who's just in the steno pool. Not that there's a steno pool anymore. There I go with the age thing. But, you know, <laughs> like, they're IT guy. Yes, they're yes, IT guy. Yes, okay. <laughs> the guy I can't believe comes. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> or the janitor or anybody. It affects everybody. And so I look at it as if I can help the guy in the head make a better decision all the way around, then it's, it's part of my job. And that, and so, and does that happen from like, because now I'm, now I'm super curious. So does this happen like when I, okay, there's a building being made. Yes. And then the building gets constructed. Yes. Um, and so I, are you sort of there along that whole journey or like right before, once construction starts to like, we've got what we need, Heather, we're good. I haven't been yet. I haven't been yet. Usually, do I want to buy this space? Do I want to rent this space? Do we want this land? Do we knock down the building and rebuild? Because usually that's that's the thing. Uh-huh. Or do we or we take what's or do we work with what is already there? And what are what do I foresee for each of those things? Wow, I can tell you what's going to happen, but you have free will. Yeah, well, you have so well, the lesson will always be learned. How you get there is another story, right? The material is your is your job and how you want to handle it. Yeah, because you, you can give someone the best possible advice, but if they do not follow it, eh. That's right. A friend of mine who's a numerologist always says, I can tell you're going to win the lottery, but if you don't buy the ticket... There's nothing I can do. That's right. And so what about what's happening now with... Um, you know, as you now are build as you now are building out this company, yes. right, how are you? How is how's that been for you? The kind of road to entrepreneurship. It's been interesting. When I started, and I realized that it was it was moving, which you know wasn't wasn't like gangbusters because no real business moves like gangbusters. It just looks like somebody else's is. Right. Um, I decided I really wanted to be a business business, so I made sure I had and I, I registered my business. I got an LLC. I made sure that I had QuickBooks. I made sure that I had 1-800-ACCOUNTANT because if I was starting a business from nothing or I had somebody who I was consulting for, I would tell them to go the low, the low point, right, the cheap stuff. And I did it the way I, instead of just going about my business with my own ego, I made sure I did it that way. And I started moving it through that. And I'm really glad I did now that I'm five years in because I, have, I know where my money goes. I see what pans out. 
you know, I don't worry about things. I don't worry about suddenly having to make, because, you know, this work, most people just sort of shove the money in their pocket and they go about their business because it's, it's not really a traditional job. People don't think about paying taxes and stuff. You're but like, I, I have a job. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to pay taxes on this. Exactly. And I wanted it to be valid. It also forced me for my own validity. It forced me to sort of say, like, Heather, you are doing this. Yeah, because you had that. It's a thing that says, yep, this is happening. No going back. Like you, I guess if I'm filing an LLC for this, that means that there will be a 1099 I to fill out for somebody. That's right. I could shut it down. But that's also a bigger statement than me sort of saying, I'm not doing this anymore. And I didn't want to do that because it really, it, for lack of a better word, it is my calling. It really is. Yeah. And do you, do you think now that you're five years in, what's going to be the next? What's, what's next? Is it more, is it more readings, more, more different industries that you'll be able to consult for? Where, where does Heather go next? Well, I'm, I am writing a book. Of course. So, <laughs> of course. Um, but I... I'm just sort of letting it happen. I, I don't want it to be the traditional, you know, um, you know, talking head shot cover of the book, you know, kind of thing. And like, my life is a medium. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't work that way, and I don't want that to be that way either. You don't want to be Long Island medium with the spiky hair and the hasta. God bless her. She's What she has built is amazing. It is an empire. <laughs> she is an empire. Um I would. I want to do more public speaking on intuition and sort of the connection between mind, body, and spirit, um, but a little bit more, I think, leaning towards the reality of everybody else sort of having the same thing I have. We all have this intuition. Just depends on how strong it is as you are. And right? what? How does? How do you think people are able to sort of tap into their intuition? In this world, it's a little bit hard because we're always told not to listen to the intuition, like you know. Don't, don't listen to what you believe. Listen to me. You know, we get a lot of that in the world. Um, get quiet as often as you can in, in odd moments. Is it the shower? Is it right before you go to bed? And really ask yourself the questions and really dig deep to what the answer is, not what benefits anybody else. And it's harder than you think it is. Because we always look at how it benefits other people, how it's going to affect us socially. It is just how we survive. Awesome. Okay, that's just about the most incredible way to end the show. Well, thank you. Heather, uh, uh, it's been an absolute delight. We will put all your information in the show notes so folks can get in contact with you and follow you on social and hopefully schedule a reading. I will do. And thank <laughs> and, you so very much. Um, it was an absolute delight. And that is our show. <laughs>